UMGoBlue.com. By fans, for fans. Since 1999. Hello, welcome to this edition of the UMGoBlue.com podcast. This is Phil Callahan along with Andy Anderson. And we're here to talk about Michigan's decimation of Iowa. Oh, wait a minute, that's not how it happened. We're here to unfortunately talk about Michigan's stunning 14 to 13 loss to Iowa on a field goal as time expired in Iowa City, a place that I have vowed I will never return. Uh, well, Andy, what do you think about that godforsaken game? Well, I was terribly disappointed in all phases of the game for the University of Michigan. I didn't think they played that well uh, in any phase. I, don't, I think the, def- the defense uh, couldn't stop the run. The offense couldn't run consistently, and when it came time for them, when it was crunch time at the end of the game, to get a first down, the offense simply couldn't do it. I didn't like the play calling. I didn't think it was good. I thought they were very predictable. I thought that uh, Davion Smith is a pretty good guy, but number 12, Evans, uh, seemed to be the better runner on the night, and I wondered why they didn't use him more. Uh, the safety was mind-boggling. Kalis entirely missed a guy that was supposed to be blocked there. And that was the turning point, in my opinion, of the game. Now, <laughs> do you want to go ahead and list your disappointments, too? Well, you know, where do you start? Um, I, I, I'm disappointed in that, first of all, you know, boy... There are times where you lose, and you play a good game, and sometimes you lose. And I can live. Right. I can live with that. I mean, I think that um, too often a lot of people are like, "Well, it's a win or a loss," and, and listen, and, and that any loss is bad. You know what? There are times where you play a good team, they play a good game, you play a good game, and, and you come up short. Sure. This this was not one of those times, okay? That's right. And I have to tell you, what I really didn't like about this game is that it reminded me of the Michigan State game, in that Michigan State, by no measure, is a good team. All right? By no stretch of the imagination is Michigan State a good team, and Michigan stalled in the second half of that game. Now, Iowa is a slightly better team. But not a great team. A team that is not going to do anything substantial this year. And once again, um, Michigan that came in highly regarded, statistically better, on paper should have easily won by, you know, multiple touchdowns. Really just came out and, and, you know... uh, Lacked focus, lacked focus, disinterested, did not play well. Um, you know, some of the things that, that reared uh, its ugly head, some of the things that we saw against Michigan State reared their ugly head again. Um, poor tackling, um, uninspired play calling. Um, Michigan was dominated on the line of scrimmage, both offensively and defensively. And when you look at these teams... That just shouldn't have happened. Now, um, uh, again, you, you look at this, and, and I will tell you, heading in, um, 
I know that Iowa was was aiming toward this game. You know, it was a night game. They had the stadium rocking. And, and I had told people, I said, you know, I really expected about a 10 to 14 point win. I did not expect a blowout. Um, remember that Iowa um, play very much like Wisconsin, very much like Michigan State, does not have a high-tempo offense. They want to control the game. They want to slow it down. And, and you know, what was really frustrating to me is that this is the third time this season that we were in the second half of a critical game, and I count Wisconsin as a critical game because they were highly ranked at the time. I count Michigan State as a critical game because, um, you know, that was a rivalry game. And then, you know, Iowa is a critical game because Michigan completely controlled its destiny. For the third time in a critical game this season, Michigan had the game dictated to them by their opponent. And, and that's what I thought in the third and fourth quarter, that this is exactly the kind of game that Iowa wanted. You know, they, they, can't, they couldn't get into a track meet with Michigan. You know, if, this was not going to be a shootout. And yet, when you let your opponent dictate the game, they're dictating the game. So, so again, I, I know I just, I, you know, unloaded a ton of stuff there. I mean, what do you think this game means um, in relation to, to, to other times this season where Michigan has struggled or, or been played tough? Well, you keep seeing the same thing. They seem to have the better games. They don't play with an enthusiasm unknown to mankind like like Harbaugh has preached. They come in and kind of go through the motions, and they're semi-excited about it. I thought the defense, uh, defensive schemes didn't work there then, uh, often, and I didn't think corrections were made. Uh, the whole thing, the user, uh, let's take the, let's look at uh, Peppers. A couple of times, they put him in, a, in the cat, and he's a quarterback, and, and when he has been in that spot, what he does, he seldom ever hands off. He does the read option and just goes ahead and keeps and then, or has a, something directly to him and runs to the, around the right side there, jets for the flag. And they were totally, totally prepared for that. So, they had a, they had one play though that I think they snapped directly to him and Spray was in there too and uh, he got the direct snap and everybody wondered what was going on. I thought that was good so they did some good things but I didn't think that offensively they were innovative. I think they relied too much on Davian Smith. Davian Smith, he, uh, he's a good back. And he's a hard running back, and he's an even better person to talk to. But he is not consistent, and he often gets stopped. And he's a one-trick pony. He can put his head down and blow his way through, and that's it. So, total disappointment. I thought the uh, staff left the game with egg on their face. I didn't think the staff did a good job. The time management wasn't good. Geez, can you name something that really was good? When you have an offense that goes an entire third quarter and doesn't score and can't even hardly move the ball, 
and is totally dominated in time of possession, you have an offense that's trouble. Well, Andy, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you right there. I tell you, one of my big concerns is that you know we always used to talk about um, when Michigan was successful under Lloyd Carr, they were known for making second half adjustments, where uh-huh. the team would would kind of probe and attack in the first and second quarter, um, go into halftime, make a few tweaks and come out and, and, and really excel and do better. And again, you know, in the last couple of weeks, and again on the road against Michigan State and Iowa, Michigan came out, I don't know if the word is flat, but not very successful in the third and fourth quarter. And, and you know, you were talking about um, um, Devian Smith. And, you know, you and I have talked on this podcast that, over the last couple of weeks, um, he appeared maybe a little dinged up, maybe a little beat down, a little slower than than you know than he has been. But what he always brought to the table was his pass blocking. Now that's great, but you pretty much took the ball out of Spade's hand in the second half. So why is Devion in there? I mean, again, you can only have him pound so many times. And, and again, he was 12 for 33. And, and that's just, you know, that, that's pretty mediocre. And, and you know, there, there's uh, rumors abounding that Spade is hurt, that he got dinged up. And that's great. But, uh, but, but again, if that's the case, you know, there's a difference between hurt and injured, okay? And if if he was truly injured, then he shouldn't have been in there on that last drive, okay? Because for all the bad things that happened to Michigan yesterday, all they needed was a first down to win that game. That's all they Absolutely. needed. Absolutely. And, and again, for everything that went wrong, for the questionable refereeing, for everything, all they needed to do is get a first down. And, you know, we talked about this against Michigan State, that in the fourth quarter it it appeared that um, Coach Harbaugh just wanted to to run the clock out. He went conservative. And and it's funny because we had heard all season, no, he's going to keep his foot on the pedal. He's going to crush their their opponents. Well, here you get a first down and the game's over. And and we can go round and round about that that, – Phantom face mask call. I will tell you that looking at the replay in real time, it sure looked like a face mask. I don't question the referees making that call. It looked like it. And yet, when you when you when the game is that close, you put yourself in a position to get hosed by a call. Now we haven't even talked about that on that field goal attempt. Probably the most important play of the game. Michigan had ten guys on the field. Now. They called the timeout. They had 10 guys on the field. They called the timeout. They still had 10 guys on the field. Now, you know That's what? Right. That is something that happened under Rich Rod and Hoke. We, I don't think we've ever seen anything like that under Harbaugh. And, you know, uh, again, maybe they kicked the field goal anyway, but that is a lack of focus. It is someone's job on the coaching staff to count players. It's usually... One of the players' job to also count players when they're out there. 
So how does that happen? Um, again, frustrating failures in all phases of the game. A game that very easily could have been won but wasn't. And um, you look at this and you just, I, I just, I'm puzzled at breakdowns like that. Like, listen, any high school team should be able to get 11 guys on the field, okay? Harbaugh, well, Harbaugh has a number of assistants on the sidelines. You know, how does that happen? And, and that's. Well, maybe Harbaugh isn't a great in game manager. I mean, we've been thinking he is, but there have been a couple instances that boggle the mind makes you think Brady's back. It's been uh, sad, and that was sad, that whole game. I wonder, too, when you have a player, a quarterback that's struggling like Wilton was, why you don't give somebody else a series and see if that pops a little enthusiasm in The worst thing in this whole bit is a lot of areas gone out of their bloom. A lot of their confidence is gone. Now, it's inevitable. The fans are not as jacked or as trusting as they were. This was a big loss for the Michigan program because here was a chance to get on a, a stage again in a game that they should be competitive in, and the other team possessed the ball for three quarters of the game because they couldn't run the football when they had to. And they couldn't stop the run well, when they had to. And, 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 you know, and that's what's frustrating, Andy, is that, and, and this is kind of what I was getting at before, where, you know, there are times you're going to lose, okay? There are times you're going to play a good game. Michigan did not play a good game, and, and I would, uh, you know, uh, you know, put out that they did not play a good, they did not play a good second half versus Michigan State and you know I, I just I, I'm mystified at you know where we are with so much on the line with all the players talking about how um, how greatness was within their grasp you know this is not we went down to Ohio State, played a great team, and lost. This was Iowa, okay? And, and again, I, I keep coming back to, you know, uh, they were 3-3 three and three in the Big Ten before this game, okay? Not a great team. Not a great team. And, listen, any given, you can lose on any given day, and there's, just as in the election, there's a reason you play the games. No matter what people think before the games, there's a reason you play. Okay, but I'm I'm frustrated at I look at the play calling I look at um, I, and you know what I I have been out on an island by myself okay saying you know what I'm not real impressed with Don Brown on de- on defense so far okay and and one of the reasons I say that is now you can say well yeah but but um, you know, they only gave up 14 points. And I'm like, yeah, but you needed more than that, okay? And, and here's what I'm seeing, Andy. We saw this against Wisconsin. We saw this against Michigan State. We saw this against Iowa. That if you have a power run offense, okay, an old school Big Ten, you know, bruise them offense, they are going to throw guys at Peppers, okay, 
they are going to throw guys. They're just going to run around your blitzing, okay? And you're going to see the blitzes go right by. And that's kind of what what we're seeing here. I mean, I, I and again, I keep coming back to, you know, the defense is great. Well, you know what? You give me Jabril Peppers. You give me Jordan Lewis. You give me Taco Charlton. You know, I can I can throw eleven, you know, eight other guys and those three guys three guys out there and look pretty good, okay? Um, what do you do when the games are important? And again, Wisconsin, eh. Uh, Michigan State, second half, eh. Iowa, eh. Um, and you know, and, and the real test is going to be in Columbus because you know, right now Michigan still still is in good position, but they have no margin for error. They need to beat Indiana, and they always. You know, from a from a psychic standpoint, from a morale standpoint, they always needed to be at Ohio State. But now that season is really balancing on the game. The season as we know it, that had so much promise two days ago, is balancing on what happens down in Columbus. It looks like it could be a night and three years for the uh, for the Wolverines. But even if that happens, they're better than they were last year. They're showing improvement. Part of the part of the confidence has to go be gone, and a great part of the problem is the inconsistency of that offensive line. It's here today, going tomorrow. For this game, it's good. For this game, it's not good. They still are not a really talented offensive line. They still can't have a consistent running game. They still don't have a consistent running game. And sometimes the choices they make in picking a back, you know, Gron Higdon, they had that awkward play to him that he got stuffed on late. Uh, I just don't understand them. I think they've done a great job with what they got, but maybe they haven't got as much talent on that offense as we thought. Maybe there is a talent deficit still in the offensive line and on defense in the linebackers. Because you mentioned that people overpower that defense some. Well, they don't do so well sometimes against a spread offense. They have a tendency to be a hell of a lot better if they're playing a poor team than if they're playing one of the power teams. With the exception of the last Saturday, in which a not very good team snuck in there and bit them in the rear end very hard. Well, and, and again, this is what we're going to see. I mean, you would expect that they're going to come out and drop the hammer in Indiana. <laughs> and um, you, you would certainly hope that, that they're not going to overlook Indiana. You know, looking down to the game in in Columbus, but boy, I, I'm you know if Spade is hurt, um, you know the issue that you have is, and, and we said this last year that you know Harbaugh really leaned on Rudock to the point where we had very little confidence when Spade had to come in. Luckily, Spade actually did okay, and you know when he got pulled into service last year. But, you know, I look at how much, you know, how, you know, 
Michigan has dominated in the games they've won, in many of the games they've won. And I look back and I wonder if Spates hurt, if it would have been really nice to get O'Corn more more reps. Um, yeah, I don't I don't understand that aspect of Jim's approach. He knows a lot more about it than we do. There's no question about it. But one has to wonder because you would think that they would want a fully functioning experienced quarterback as a backup ready to go at any time in any situation they've got that because O'Corn's not been battle tested at all oh yeah I mean you look at it and basically um, where we're at statistically is that O'Corn has thrown the ball 18 times and he's 13 for 18 that's great um, you know he's played in 8 games He's he's been on the field um, you know, the really disappointing, the really disappointing thing for me, Andy, is you have really talented receivers on Michigan's team right now, right? We'd agree with that. That you know that that Chesson and Darbo um, and Butt really, I mean, that's those are three talented guys, and. Spate yesterday just, you know, you can always say, well, if it hits him in the hands, we're supposed to catch it. You know, boy, he wasn't hitting him in the hands too many times. You know, he wasn't making it easy for his receivers. And the thing that, that kind of frustrated me yesterday was, so you have Jake Budd, who's a weapon. And generally, you know, the, the thought is when, when a quarterback is struggling, that, like you said, you do a screen or you do a little pitch or a little, a short little throw and, and you let the receiver do something. Well, you know, if you, 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 you saw, you saw none of that and I couldn't understand it. That's exactly, I did, I did. that's exactly what I'm saying. And you, you know, you hit it right there. I mean, you have Jake Butt, who is, you know, the, the second leading receiver on the team and, and a big target and thrown to four times. And I just, you know, again, give it to him in space, see what he can do. Um, now, we had some questionable calls. I mean, I know that Coach Harbaugh has a special place in his heart for uh, that, that play where the snapper gets called for getting, you know, beat on. And I know that that's ever since that last year where he thought it should have been called, you know, against Michigan State on that last play of the game. I gotta say that that I thought that was you know unless Iowa had been doing that every every time every punt I thought that was really a, a cheesy time to call it you know it was it was it was possibly a game changer um, and then Michigan had the the phantom face mask which again in real time looked authentic um, but boy I, I sure thought when Stribling came down with that interception I thought that was the game. The game over, yep. sealed, yep. right? Exactly. Me too. And they well, just we're get it done. Well, and again, you, you know, and, and coach has talked about this. Okay, Spade has been dinged up at times, and Harbaugh thinks it's important. Okay, thinks it's it's important for him to go out there and prove that that he's the quarterback, that he's the man, right? Well, that's great, but again, one first down and that game's over, right? 
So it would have been really nice to get that first down. And, and I know we're looking, you know, we're looking back with, uh, you know, knowing knowing how bad things were, what happened, and yet still, you know, uh, I really wish we were talking about how Michigan ducked a bullet here, and not how, you know, we we blew a, a very winnable game, and, and that's what we did. You bet. Yep. And they, they, it, it let a lot of air out of the balloon for this season. Uh, by the way it happened, and, and by the, you know, if, if Ohio State had some higher points, everybody would be, you know, we'd still be riding the blimp. We'd still be high in the air over the, the way this team is going to play. But a lot of enthusiasm has left the fan portion of the, the equation because now you don't know who to trust. You don't know whether this, we still don't know at 10 games into the season just how good Michigan is. But now it begins to look that they may not be as quite as good as we thought they were just a, just a, a single week ago. So uh, I really think that Ohio gave them quite a gave him quite a kick in the confidence area. So we'll see. I know they'll come out hard against Indiana. It'll be at home. It's likely to be a high-scoring game, though, uh, because Indiana has a potent offense of the kind that sometimes we have trouble stopping. And they have an improved defense, so we'll see how that goes. But I, I thought we'd see more innovation out of Michigan's coaches. I was very disappointed in that. There didn't seem to be much that was innovative, and that he was trying to, that he went very conservative in the offensive play calling. Uh, and, you know, okay, we'll throw, we'll throw a pass on first down, and when that fails, we'll run a couple of times and see if we can get the, get a first down and it didn't work quite often in a, in that last in that last extreme moment it failed entirely when they couldn't even move the ball for a single touchdown again I know we touched on that before but that continues to stick in my craw yep well we're pretty down but Michigan returns to the field next week for now that's going to do it for this edition of the UMGoBlue.com podcast. This is Phil Callahan along with Andy Anderson. Go Blue. Thank you for listening to the UMGoBlue.com podcast. All rights reserved. Search for UMGoBlue.com on iTunes. Go Blue.